You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Welcome into the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We're glad that you're joining us again this week for another episode. Um, If you're listening to us, you're listening to uh, a series that we're calling The Coming King, The Lamb of Bethlehem. This is our Christmas Advent special, and we're currently in uh, week three uh, of this special. Uh, The first week we looked at the prophets. Last week we looked at um, the angels. And this week we're going to be talking about another uh, group of characters uh, that were part of the Christmas story. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, Again, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time to listen and to study with us. If you're a brand new listener, a first-time listener, we want to thank you and and just ask you to take some time and stay with us and and, uh, maybe go back and listen to some of our previous episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, uh, please subscribe and and like and share a Bonfire uh, podcast with maybe a friend. For those of you who have been listening for a long time, we greatly appreciate uh, your uh, listenership. And and we ask, again, that you would just help us get the word out, maybe tell uh, friends and family uh, that you found a great podcast to listen to. As a reminder, you can uh, find our podcast by uh, watching it on our Facebook page, the Bonfire Miniatures Facebook page. You can also download, um, subscribe and download the podcast on pretty much every podcast uh, distribution site. So we're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the list goes on. So uh, pretty much anywhere podcasts uh, are, are available, you will find us there. So um, again, thanks for your, your listenership, and, and we just uh, look forward to uh, having uh, hopefully more more content that we can bring to you uh, each and every week. Well, Dad, uh, for this week, um, I have a, a question, I guess. Uh, we'll call it okay. some some Christmas trivia uh, for you and the lis- listeners. All right. And so um, <clears throat> the question is, uh, who do you think were, and I'm going to give you three statements. Okay. And and the answer, the the group has to fit all three statements. So, okay. Uh, the Who do you think were the first hearers of the Christmas gospel? Who do you think were the first believers of the Christmas gospel? And who do you think were the first preachers of the Christmas gospel? Well, for all three to to be one group of people, have to be the shepherds. Uh, the shepherds, that's right. And that's where we're going to be uh, talking about this week are the shepherds and the role that they played in the Christmas story. So um, if you're following along with us, we're going to be in Luke's gospel in chapter 2 um, today as we look at the role of the sh- shepherds. You know, Dad, to me, the one this is one of the most amazing uh, parts of the Christmas story, uh, that God would choose shepherds to be the first to hear the announcement of the birth of Jesus. You know, normally the birth of a prince would be announced to kings or other dignitaries, mm-hmm. uh, but God the Father and all of his wisdom, he skipped right over the priests and the rulers and the kings and the Pharisees and the, the scribes and the great men of Israel, and he went straight to a group of lowly, no-named shepherds yeah. to announce the birth of the King of Kings. You know, what's interesting is that when you understand the historical and the cultural context um, at this point in time about shepherds, mm-hmm. at this point in history, it becomes even more unsuspected uh, that they would be the recipients of the greatest birth announcement of all times. That's right. That's because shepherds uh, at the time of Jesus' birth, they had a reputation. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, the Bible doesn't give us a lot of specific details concerning them. For instance, we don't know their names or how many shepherds heard the announcement given by the angel, but we do know something about how shepherds were viewed in ancient Israel at the time Christ was born. Like you said, Matt, they had a reputation. They were not well respected back then. To begin with, they were considered spiritually unclean. The work of the shepherd was 24-7. They had to constantly stay with the sheep. 
There were no fences during that time, so due to the tendency of sheep to wander off, the shepherds had to constantly watch after them. Well, this prevented them from participating in the Jewish feasts and the holy days that made up the religious calendar. Besides being considered to be spiritually unclean, shepherds, in general, were looked upon with suspicion. I mean, they were constantly on the move. They had the habit of confusing thine with mine. They were renowned for thievery. If it wasn't bolted down when the shepherds came to town, you lost it. If something turned up missing, it was the shepherds that did that. Besides being considered unclean and looked upon with suspicion, you couldn't trust a shepherd. They were not allowed to act as witnesses in the court of law because their word was not considered trustworthy. Shepherds were just basically rough, uneducated men. Their life was spent in the open field. They even slept with their sheep to guard against theft and animal attack. Having little opportunity to mingle with others and go to the city, they were often unrefined and illiterate. Knowing this about shepherds, it's amazing that out of all the people that God the Father could have sent the angel to announce the birth of his only begotten son to, he chose shepherds. You know, knowing all of that, the, the question that you have to ask yourself is why shepherds? It, you know, it, it just seems uh, so unlikely. It seems, you know, uh, just uh, the, the oddest selection. Uh, but as you begin to think about it, you know, why would God the Father, we don't know the ways of God. His ways are greater than our ways. But right. I just was thinking about why would God select shepherds, and a couple of things came to my mind. You know, I thought maybe it's because God has a special liking for shepherds. I mean, after all, Moses, Abraham, even mm-hmm. King David, they were all shepherds. That's right. That was the first profession, really, was was t- tending sheep all the That's way back right. in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was that God saw it only appropriate that Jesus, who would be the Lamb of God, um, and would ultimately become the sacrificial lamb for the sins of all humanity, would be announced to shepherds. Hey, let me uh, jump in right here. Uh, some people don't know this, but due to the proximity of these particular shepherds to Bethlehem, we know that they perhaps were the very shepherds that took care of the the sheep that would be sacrificed on the altars in Jerusalem. Jerusalem yeah. And so, in other words, they were taking care of, of sacrifices. So what uh, what better way than for God to send that message to the one about that was going to be the greatest sacrifice for all sin? That's exactly right. The other thing that I came up with is maybe this was foreshadowing of, of Jesus' role as the good shepherd, right? Because we uh-huh. see the connection between sheep and shepherds so much uh-huh. uh, throughout the New Testament. You know, I think these are all good and plausible reasons, but... You know, my personal favorite, Dad, is is this. I think that by announcing the birth of Jesus uh, to the lowest of society signifies that Jesus came for everybody. You know, what what I love about the word everybody is that everybody includes the nobodies. Right. The nobodies like me, the nobodies like you, and our listeners, and yes, those shepherds. You see, Jesus didn't come just to, to save one class of people, one race, one status, one nation— no, no, no. He he came to save the world. He came to save everybody. That's right. Isn't it interesting that since shepherds had no entitlement, pride, or arrogance, no religious bloating, they really fit right into this process of introducing God's Messiah. Think about it. Mary and Joseph, 
a humble carpenter and a peasant girl, as parents for the Son of God, a birth in a lowly stable surrounded by animals. <laughs> God used the humble like these shepherds to turn the world right upon its head. Those considered by society to be the most holy weren't given a place in the stable to kneel on holy ground and witness the, mari- the arrival of the Messiah. So while unsuspected, the shepherds, when you look at it through this context, seem oh so appropriate. God knew exactly what he was doing by bringing the message of the birth of his son uh, to a group of shepherds on the outskirts of town. You know, as we study the shepherds' role today, we've we've looked at their reputation. For those of you that like to take notes, we're going to be looking at three other points. We're going to look at the receipt, the shepherds' receipt of the gospel, their response to the gospel, and ultimately their return back to their, their work. And so we're going to go ahead and move in and look at the shepherd's receipt of the Christmas gospel, and that's going to bring us to our scripture today, and we'll be on Luke 2, uh, 8 through 14 to get us started off, and I'll read that to you. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So, Dad, when we read this section of Scripture here, the first thing that comes out in my mind is we see uh, shepherds in shock. They they were afraid. And uh, you you have to put yourself in the context of what was going on here. So we know this is occurring at night because it says they were abiding their sheep by night. These shepherds, as you said, were with their sheep around the clock. Mm -hmm. And so they were on this outskirts of town. And and you can imagine that Bethlehem was probably not a very well-lit city. That's right. uh, Because everything was by uh, candle or, or oil lamp at that time. And so I imagine it's fairly dark out there on the outskirts of town. There's mm-hmm. no street lights or anything like that out there for them. So I see, you know, just a couple old guys sitting out there with their sheep, keeping watch over them. No doubt they probably were getting a little tired. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this bright light and the glory of the Lord shines around them. Right. Now, I don't mean to make light of it, but I mean, that's a you know kind of situation that <laughs> I'd have to change my tunic <laughs> yeah. if I was there right. uh, during those times. Uh, that That had to be a startling encounter for them. Oh yeah, they you know it they were surprised. They're thinking about surprise. A while back I heard a story about a pastor and a little kitten. His kitten had climbed up a tree in his backyard and was afraid to come down. Well the pastor coaxed the kitten to come down, offered the kitten warm milk, called and yelled all to no avail. The kitten would not come down. This left a pastor to thinking, how am I going to get this kitten out of this tree? He thought about climbing the tree, but the tree was not sturdy enough to climb. Finally, an idea came to him. Since he couldn't climb the tree, he thought he would do his next best thing, and that was to pull the tree down so that he could reach the kitten. And so to do this, he decided that he would loop a rope around the top of the sapling and tie the other end to his car and drive away so that the tree bent down enough for him to get the kitten. He did all of this, checking his progress frequently. Everything seemed to be going all right. The tree bent down just as he had hoped that it would, feeling confident 
that he could get the tree to bend even more, he decided that he would move the car a little further, and just as he did, the rope broke. When it did, the tree went boing, and instantly the kitten sailed through the air out of sight. The pastor felt terrible. He walked all over the neighborhood asking people if they'd seen the little kitten, but nobody had seen a little stray kitten. So he prayed, Lord, I just commit this kitten to your keeping and went on about his business. A few days later, while at the grocery store, he met one of his church members. He happened to look into her shopping cart and was amazed to see cat food. Now, this woman was a cat hater and everyone knew it. So he asked her, why are you buying cat food when you hate cats so much? She replied, You won't believe this, preacher, but my little girl has begged me for a cat for a long time, and every time I would tell her she couldn't have one. But then a few days ago, she begged for a cat once more, so I told her, Well, if God gives you a cat, I'll let you keep it. After I told her this, I watched her go out in the yard, get on her knees, and ask God for a cat, and passed her. You really won't believe this, but I saw it with my own eyes. A kitten suddenly came flying out of the blue sky with its paw spread out and landed right in front of her. Now that was certainly a surprise, and our scripture passage tells about another group that was surprised. That's right. That was the shepherds. They, they were surprised. They were in shock, and, and the scripture tells us they were afraid. You yeah. Know? You know, at that time, everyone associated, uh, you know, seeing some type of vision or act of God is, is that it was usually punitive, right? In nature, mm-hmm. it was they had done something wrong, and it, it, was, a, it was something that was to be feared. Right. Um, but the angels told them that the contrary, that there was no need for fear, that they— right that they could calm down and that everything was going to be okay. And they gave the reason why. And the reason why is because the angels said that they had good news. Now, the word that Luke uses here for good news is is how we get translated over to the word we use now, the gospel, Mm -hmm. the good news of Jesus Christ that we use uh, to share with them. But the angels' message wasn't just for the shepherds. It would be shared and bring joy to all people. So what's the good news? Uh, It's the Christmas gospel Mm -hmm. that God had sent a Savior to meet the needs of man. That's right. You know, three titles for uh, the babe that they came, that that this angel came to tell the shepherds about are Savior, Christ, and Lord. Savior, uh, Jesus was sent to save people from their sins. Christ means anointed, which is what the name Messiah means. And then, Lord, this indicates his rank above others. Jesus is Lord of Lords. Mm. You know, and the angels also gave the shepherds um, not, not only this gospel message, the Christmas gospel, they also gave them a sign. And, and, and the sign was that they would find the child, the babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger so that they would know when they found this child that they were looking at uh, the Son of God, the one that had came to be the Savior of the world. And then wouldn't you know it, out of nowhere, the Bible says suddenly a worship service broke loose out there in the field. And there was a host of angels. We we don't know the exact number, but we can take from the context of the scripture here that the sky was full of angels and they were all praising God 
and singing uh, to him. You know, I think, Dad, that this is a subtle reminder to us that we can praise God anywhere. That's right. You know, I think uh, particularly this year, um, going to church has been a little bit trouble some this mm-hmm. year, right? I mean, we've had pandemics and lockdowns and shutdowns and, and the the limitation of uh, being able to join in large groups. Right. And many people associate worship with the church building. Right. But that's just a building. That's right. You know, we should be able to praise God anywhere right. at all times. And we see right here, one of the greatest worship services that were probably ever held was held in the middle of a field with a bunch of stinky shepherds and some and some sheep. You right. know, it's, it's just amazing to me. That's right. You know, the angels worship uh, contained three components. They had a song of praise. They said, glory to God who is on high. They had a song of peace. They said that there would be peace on earth. And they had a song of purpose, that there was goodwill that would be toward all men. No doubt these shepherds, we said that they were in shock, and, and I see now that they were probably in awe. They were amazed at what they were seeing take place in front of them, the skies opening up and seeing all of heaven's glory, uh, praising uh, God uh, and, and praising that the fact that a Savior had been born uh, to this world. It, it had to be one of the most spectacular experiences um, that these men had ever had in their life. You know, I want to look now, though, at their response, because the angels did go away, and then we want to look and see what the shepherds did following those angels. So let's look at Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 19. If you got your Bible, read along with us. It says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. So I want to look at the, again, the response to the Christmas gospel that these these shepherds received. I think the the first thing that's notable about this is they believed mm-hmm. that they these shepherds, these lowly shepherds, they had faith. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't question or second guess what they had experienced. You know, I could just imagine, you know, if I'd been in that situation and I'm looking around at my fellow shepherds, you almost have to think that did you see what I just saw? Like what what just happened there? Right. They didn't question it. They didn't second guess it. They just took a step of faith and they acted. And the Bible says they came with haste. Now the Bible doesn't give us uh, this detail, but I really feel like we can draw from the context that the the shepherds came just as they were, mm-hmm. and that's such a beautiful. Um, indication and, and a a beautiful analogy to what we're supposed to do. Right. You know, these shepherds, we talked about it. These were unclean men. They were rough around the edges. They were probably dirty and smelly and, and just unkempt. Uh, but they had been told that the Savior of the world had been born. But it doesn't tell us that they went and cleaned up and got all ready to go present themselves to the king. It says they came with haste. So that means for me that they probably went just as they are. To yeah. the king. You know, Matt, when I heard you say that, it just kind of brought something to my mind. As a pastor, uh, there's been numerous times that I've talked with people and uh, told them about Jesus and, and hope that they would turn from their sins and accept Christ. And, and, and people would say, well, um, not right now. 
And I'd say, well, uh, is there a reason why you would want to hold back and and not come to the Lord Jesus right now? And they would say, well, I got to clean up a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I need to, you know, I, I've been cussing a lot. I need to quit cussing. Uh, I need to, uh, in other words, I, I'm going to straighten myself up and then come to Christ. And that's yeah. not how it works. You come to Christ and he straightens you up. That's exactly right. That's the point I was trying to make. And I think this here that sometimes we miss in the Christmas story that the shepherds came just as they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't go clean themselves up. They just came just as they are, as nasty and dirty as they can be. And I see such connection to, to us as sinners that when we're lost in, in, in our sin and we're all covered up and dirty in the mm-hmm. sins of this world, so many times people say, well, I, I need to get myself kind of fixed together right. before I, I go to church, or I need to get fixed before I go down to the altar and make a decision. Yeah. But to me, that's just crazy, because mm-hmm. uh, let's put it this way. If you're sick, do you ever hear someone say, you know, I got to get better before I go see the doctor? That's right. It just doesn't make sense. doesn't make any God sense. God wants us to come just as we are with the baggage, the dirt, the grime, the the uncleaned, unpressed clothes, just like these shepherds, mm-hmm. they came just as they are with haste uh, as an act of faith uh, mm-hmm. to the child. That's exactly right. You know, the second thing that I see that these shepherds did is that they broadcasted, uh, that they broadcasted what they had heard and seen. I, I just can't imagine they went to this uh, this manger, uh, and, and, you know, we oftentimes say stable, but uh, what we know from from archaeology is that more likely this was a cave that was cut in, in right. some type of stone, and and so they they're in this cave and they're seeing the child and and Mary and Joseph, and they no doubtably fell down and they worshipped uh, mm-hmm. this child who was going to be the savior of the world. But then they left there, and I can just imagine them running through town, telling everybody, screaming, shouting. You know, we we sing the song Silent Night, and it probably was a silent night till the shepherds got there. That's right. <laughs> I just see a bunch of rowdy shepherds running down through the streets just going crazy right. about what they had seen. And, and Dad, that made me think as I was looking at this last night um, about our Bethlehem walk. Yeah. And we haven't had a chance to do that this year because of the pandemic. Um, but for those of you who are listening, those of you who are in the area, you know very well what we do. Uh, each year we set up a, a, a live drama presentation of the town of Bethlehem, mm-hmm. uh, reenacting the night that Jesus was born um, out on, on our soccer fields uh, that are adjacent to our church. And it's a narrated drama where you come through and you interact with the shopkeepers and you're looking uh, for the child that was born. Mm-hmm. But, Dad, when you wrote that uh, drama, there was a, kind of this key thing that, that kind of flows through the script there is that we're following behind the shepherds. shepherds That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, you know from, from just coming and experiencing that, that you had already kind of had that same mindset that these shepherds, they went through town and they were telling just about everybody mm-hmm. what they had seen and what they had heard. And no doubtably, the people in town probably found it hard to believe, right? That's right. Coming from a bunch of, I think one of the lines in the in the Bethlehem Walk script is, uh, well, we find that hard to believe coming from a bunch of stinky shepherds. Yeah, right? that's right. Uh, and so, but I could just see them running through the town uh, proclaiming uh, the good news, the Christmas gospel, that the Savior had been born, the Savior of the world had been born that very night in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You know, uh, these shepherds, I don't think anybody could say they were more excited than them. I, I love watching college football, 
And for those of you that don't know where we're at, we're in South Carolina. And, of course, we have major college football teams here, and both of them are good. But uh, I'm a Clemson graduate, so I pull for the Tigers. And so you go to Death Valley on a Saturday when the Tigers are playing and they are running down the hill. People are going crazy, crazy. They're so excited. Well, as excited as they are over a bunch of football players, you think about these shepherds and how, number one, filled with God and excited because the Messiah had come. And they got to be the ones to tell everybody, you know, the people that were looked down as low class, they were the ones that got the privilege of doing it. And uh, i tell you what, I would love for all of us out there in the audience today uh, that know Jesus, I would love for all of us to be just as excited as these shepherds. If we were, boy, this world could be turned upside down with the gospel message. That's so true. You know, Dan, I was thinking about um, our series that we did a, a few weeks back. We talked about heaven. And as we were talking about heaven, we, we talked about things that we're looking forward to. And as I was studying last night, I, I got to thinking, I was like, you know what? You know, everyone says when they get to heaven, they want to talk to, you know, they want to talk to Paul. They want to talk to Peter. They want to talk to, you know, some of the disciples. And, yeah. and obviously they want to see Jesus. But I got to thinking about it. What type of conversation would it be to talk to these shepherds? Right. You yeah. know, to get to hear their recount of what happened there in that field outside of Bethlehem. Um, I, I feel like that would be a great uh, conversation to have is, is the shepherds who got the birth announcement of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world. That's exactly right. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I've never thought about talking with the shepherds. That's, they're definitely going to be on my list. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. I, I want to find where they're hanging out in Bethlehem or in, a, in heaven and have that conversation one day. Well, as, as we're uh, working our way through the shepherds, I want us to look finally there at the shepherds' return. And that's going to be Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 20. And that says, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and as it was told to them. You know, Dad, I got to thinking about it. Um, these shepherds, it says that they returned. So I took that to mean that they went back to their same labor. But I got to thinking that they didn't go back the same shepherds that they were. That's right. right. They had had an experience with God. They had met heaven's glory come down around them. They had stared the Savior of the world in the face, uh, no doubtably, as that a precious baby in a manger, and their lives were changed forever. And it says that they went off praising and glorifying God, and I just have to think that that never stopped. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was sitting there last night as I was reading through this, and I just imagined in my in my mind, I can see these uh, these old shepherds as they got older, right? Mm-hmm. And they would be out there, and they're training the new bucks, the the new shepherds that are coming on, and 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 they would get those shepherds around, and they'd say, "Hey, boys, listen to this. You, you think you've seen stuff." Well, you you fought bears and you fought lions and and all of these wild animals and protected sheep, but you ain't seen nothing like we've seen. Right. And they tell that story of how the glory of heaven came down upon them, and the heavens were full of angels singing glory to God on the highest, peace on earth and goodwill toward all men, and how they had went and they found the Savior of the world. I just feel like that was orientation day one of every new shepherd is, hey, you get to go talk to these folks, and they'll tell you what, what shepherds are all about. Uh, and what it means to be a shepherd. And so um, that may not be the case, but that's that's what came to my mind, and I, and mm-hmm. I could just see that happening. Uh, of course, the Bible doesn't tell us that, but that's just something I see that, that was happening there with these shepherds. So they returned to their occupation. They were changed. And, you know, I got to thinking, Dad, um, again, that's such a parallel to us, right? When we as, as sinners uh, come and we have a true, authentic experience 
with God. Mm-hmm. And we find him who was born uh, a child, who came, who lived, who died, and was rose again to be our Savior and take away our sins. Mm-hmm. We're changed. Right. Well, yeah, we go back to our same house. We go back to our same job oftentimes and same same life. But the man or the woman who's going back is not the same. That's exactly you know, the Bible right. tells us that when we accept Jesus Christ, that we are a new creation and that we are a new person, a new birth happens inside of us. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, was so true for those shepherds that night, that they were not the same and probably never were after that encounter with God. That's exactly right. You know, for our listeners who are listening uh, today, um, I hope you enjoyed our, our presentation here at, and, and study of the shepherds. Uh, to me, this is is probably uh, one of the, the most fun uh uh, sessions of the, of this series that we're doing, because the shepherds again, just some unlikely guys, some old. Uh, the equivalent of our time would maybe be I don't know homeless people, or or or, or maybe uh, here in the south, you know, we'd probably call them a bunch of rednecks yeah. out in the field, right? Right. Uh, where the people that God chose to to announce the birth of His Son to, it's just an amazing story. Um, and as we said, the, the best part of it, the reason why I feel like that it was shepherds is because God came for everybody. Um, if he had came like he was supposed to have come, if he would have came in, in majesty and glory and, and rich palaces and, and was uh, announced to all these rich rulers, it had been so hard for somebody like me to get to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because he came to the lowest of society, to peasant parents, and his birth was announced to shepherds, he's accessible to everybody. All they have to do is to put their faith and their trust in him and to to say that they believe in what he did coming to this earth to live and to die and to be rose again. And when they do that and turn from their sins, they get that changed life that will change them forever. You know, that's the greatest Christmas gift ever given was the the birth of Jesus Christ. And I can't think of uh, any better Christmas gift that you could get this year as a listener to our podcast uh, or that you could give us is to 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 take what we're saying and take it serious and, and to meditate upon what we're, we're telling you, not our words, but the words coming from the Scripture, and uh, to make a decision to follow Christ this year and to make that your Christmas gift to yourself. And again, we'd love to hear about it. You can send us an email at bonefireministries at gmail.com. Tell us that you listened and that you've decided to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. And we will celebrate and run around like a bunch of shepherds uh, uh, screaming uh, and celebrating for you. We're not going to do anything with your information other than just pray for you and, uh, again, celebrate that we've got a new brother or sister in Christ. So um, I want to wish all of you guys a very, very Merry Christmas. And we'll see you next time, Dad. Will you pray us out of here? Sure. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, O Lord, for uh, giving us this beautiful story in the Word of God about the shepherds that received the announcement of Jesus' birth first. Now, Lord, we pray that you'd help us as Christians to be like these shepherds and uh, take out the announcement of his birth to tell everybody about him being born and then to tell everybody that he's going to be the soon coming king he's going to come back and that we've got to be ready for him father in heaven there might be some people out there listening in podcast land that feel like they're just outcasts and uh, they're down on themselves Uh, they don't see themselves as anything but lord let them know that in you sending the angel to make this a special announcement to these shepherds. You care for all people. And Lord, I pray 
that uh, that one, that very one that's down cash today that can't hardly look up at anybody in the eye, help them, Lord, to look up and see your your wonderful face. Help them, Lord, to trust in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I pray that they'll turn from their sin out of gratitude for what Jesus did for them when he died on the cross, and then accept him as the Savior, uh, the one who died for them, and receive him as the Lord of their life, that they might live for him. So, Father, we want to let you know we love you. We pray that there will be people that will make decisions for Jesus and that Christ can be born in their hearts this Christmas season. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonefire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.